Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So grateful to be here with you this afternoon. The number to dial is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions live on the Grace FM radio network live on the Radio by Grace network around the country, one week delayed on Hope FM and Truth FM and Higher Rock Radio, and uh, even was talking with Pastor Ty Orr yesterday that possibly we might consider, he might consider adding it to his radio station there in Idaho Falls, and we can cover all of Idaho together. Um, But such a great brother. I love what God's doing both in Boise. I've got quite a few friends in Boise. I have quite a few friends in uh, Colorado and around the country in Texas, and what a blessing it is to serve the Lord together. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. So now I just checked. My computer only has 40%. I ran back to the studios away from my charger, so I'm hoping 40% will last until the break, and then uh, we will go and get my charger. So maybe I'll ask Julie to get it. Uh, Can you text Julie and ask her to get it, uh, like her now, so that she can bring it? 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. had a great meeting just before the show and took me to five minutes to being here, and I made it. So let's go right to the phone lines. Barbara is in Lakewood. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. You're on the air. Well, my question was regarding um, Joel 2, 28 to 32. Friend and I were having a conversation. I believe that that outpouring of the Spirit is um, for Israel, for, for tribulation time. And she's thinking that that is for believers now to go out and spread the gospel, since we're li- living in such. What passage are you life. referring to? Joel two twenty-eight to thirty-two. All right, so let's look at that together. Joel twenty-two uh, two twenty-eight. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions, and also on my men servants and my maid servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. And so, what was the debate exactly? That I believe that that um, talking more to the people of Israel, okay, post post rapture, yes, and she believes that that's pre rapture, that that's for this time, that that pouring out of the spirit is on believers to go out and spread the gospel now. Yes, and so we have actually a definitive answer on that. 
we have an absolute answer. We find the answer in Acts chapter 2, verse 14. You remember on the day of Pentecost when the fulfillment of Jesus uh, promised that the Spirit of God would come upon them happens, and then Peter stands up with the eleven, and he raises his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And then he proceeds to quote Joel 2, 28 and 29. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall dream, see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And he applies that passage, the Holy Spirit does, through the teaching of Peter to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. So I'm going to side biblically with your friend. Okay. I'm... All right. I just, I read some commentaries that said that once the, out, the outpouring is, um, once the outpouring happens and you're a believer, you're indwelt with the Spirit, and the outpouring is something... Uh, almost like episodic or at a time. And I just read a commentary that said that that outpouring uh, was more related to the people of Israel, that it was a separate outpouring. It wasn't the outpouring that's spoken of in Acts. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second. Let's set aside the commentary for a second, because I use commentaries as well. I appreciate the insights of of, uh, men uh, and of gifted teachers. So let's just set that commentary aside. If if you're just reading the text that we just went through with Peter, applying Joel 2.28 and 29 to what happened on the day of Pentecost, what would your conclusion be without hearing from that? What, what do you think Peter's saying here? Well, that it would be, it, that it would apply to now. I mean, I... I never did disagree with that before, okay. but in reading more, um, and reading in the context of, of Joel, it just made me feel that I needed to look more uh-huh. to see if, it, if, in fact, that was for now or for later, because they talk about the Day of the Lord, and I know that that's eschatology, which would be post-rapture, Um if I'm understanding that correctly. Well, I think I think as you step back for a second, even before we get into that, some of the complexities of eschatology and some of our viewpoints of eschatology, if we were, and, it, and really it's, it's just for the sake of uh, the, the discussion here is not like debatable or anything. Like I'm not, not, I'm not taking you down this path, but for the sake of, for that reason, but for the sake of people listening in, and just kind of learning when you when you see a text that's applied specifically uh, that you know because you asked it was really a great question what which what is Joel two twenty eight what's the primary reason for that without Peter's without Peter's quote quotation and teaching on this uh, it would probably be even more debatable than it really is like we could we could speak to a, a lot of different ways that Joel is speaking 
in context for him, uh, what's he, what, what he's speaking to, what the prophet's speaking to in the moment. But since we have Peter specifically applying it to this event, I think that if we go beyond this event for the application, um, we may be more in danger of making a mistake instead of just sticking with Peter. And again, I think there is a sense with Peter, what he's teaching, the people receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit here are Jewish. The early church is Jewish for a long time until uh, the gospel hits Cornelius um, and you know various Gentiles, but the one that's recorded for us in Cornelius. So I think that it's safer to stick with I think it was, again, I, I'm going to misquote this. Somebody will probably uh, text me on it. But um, when the plain sense of the text makes sense, seek no other sense. And it's just safer to do that. Now, let's ask the question a different way. Uh, will God's Spirit be poured out uh, on Jewish believers in the, um, in the tribulation period? Yes or no? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I do. I don't think they're going to be living the tribulation period in their own strength. I think it'll be a different relationship, though, with the Holy Spirit than what you and I experienced, similar to what the Old Testament saints experienced. But I'm going to um, I'm going to look at Joel here and say that the primary application is what the Holy Spirit spoke through Peter. Okay. Great well, question. I got through and I got to ask my question. And let me just Thank say you. it's an encouragement to hear as your fr- you and your friend are talking about the things of the Lord and about the Bible text and wrestling with it. I commend you guys of all the things that we could talk about. You're talking about the things of the Lord and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, we enjoy it. <laughs> yes. And it's fun and it, and it's good to wrestle with things like this. Um, it's good to ask these questions, and it's even good at times to have a spirited uh, discussion um, and even disagreement. It's okay. Well, thank you so much. God bless I really you. Appreciate your time. God Alrighty. bless. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. And I just those of you listening in, I commend you uh, as you talk about the things of the Lord together. It's a beautiful thing uh, and wonderful to. Just talk about the Lord, ask questions. Will the Spirit be poured out in the tribulation period? Will the Spirit poured out at the day of Pentecost? What's the effect of the person in the presence of God in our lives? It's all wonderful. It's so good. And thank you, Julie, for bringing my charger in. Uh, now we will not lose power at all. Uh, so thank you. I didn't even... Didn't even open my computer until I came in the studio. 303-690-3000 is the number. Here's a question. At, as the rapture occurs, will the children who are not yet accountable be taken up throughout the world, even if the parents are not saved? That's a very good question. Um, I like to start with questions like this, st- focusing on the character and the nature of God. And so we know that God will be, will be, because he is, fair and just in all of his dealings. So however he responds to children in the womb of unbelievers uh, under the age of accountability or children who are not yet accountable with the age of not understanding what they're thinking or what they know, uh, believer parents or unbeliever parents, I believe God will treat them the same. 
Uh, and that is, I believe that the fairness and the justice of God will be meted out on all children. Um, and if, if the worst case scenario happens, God will be fair and just. If the best case scenario happens, at least how we view it occurs, um, worst case, they get left behind. Best case, they are taken up in the rapture, taken up to be with the Lord. What Best or worst case, uh, whatever the true, accurate um, story or uh, response of God is, we can trust that it will be, we will agree with it because we will agree with God. Now, the indication of how God deals with children who, who die is that they go before the age of accountability, whatever that age may be, God would know that. Um, they go to be in the presence of the Lord. David, remember, had a hope that he'd be reunited with his son who died, his young son. So taking how God deals with even the death of a child of that age um, in the rapture, I believe that God will take those children with us. And we may be surprised that some kids were farther along in the um, aid, you know, their accountability than we thought they were. Um, but the reality is I think God will deal justly and fairly, and I believe they'll be taken up uh, with us in the rapture. So good question. Thanks for calling, or texting it, I should say. Text me um, the any of the questions you might have, um, 303 690 how to get on the um, program. And to text me is 720-336-0897. And we're taking your calls live. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's see where we are here. Uh, where are we? <clears throat> uh, we are in Pennsylvania now. Dottie, welcome to the program. Hi. Um, my question deals with Revelation 4. Okay. Um, I know Revelation 4, 6 through 9 deals with the creatures, but I'm also fascinated about the seven spirits of God. Okay. So, okay. So there is some debate on the seven spirits of God, what that means. Uh, one of the sides is that seven spirits of God represent the fullness of the presence of the Holy Spirit, so the different aspects of the Holy Spirit. Like it, there is a um, a revelation of the full—it's like it speaks of the fullness of the Holy Spirit um, that is present at that time. Uh, and I forget the other side, actually, because that's the side that I hold to, so I don't forget—I forget the other uh, explanation— um, but there is some debate on what's being referred to here, but I, I fall that that's a representation of the fullness of the Holy Spirit when it says around the throne, um, there were <clears throat> 24 thrones. On the thrones, I saw 24 elders clothed in white robes. They had crowns of gold, and the throne preceded lightnings, thunderings, voices, seven lamps were of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Uh, and so because there's so much symbolism in this, um, and there's so much being represented here, um, I, I, I fall into the same category that this was a description of the fullness of the Spirit of God. 
I mean, like the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Like, yes. Yes. Whatever and, and it I is, think like it's somewhere else, also in the Bible. I think that's in Isaiah, if I'm not, oh, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Um, um, another I'm, absolutely f- uh, fascinating one for me. Yes, <laughs> I'm looking at my notes on how I um, how I looked at this, and I didn't really even address it on on in my teaching here on on Revelation four. I'm not not quite entirely sure why I didn't. I skipped right over it in my notes, but. That's um, I am familiar with it, and and I do believe it's a reference to the a representation of the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and and the creatures that it talks about in six uh, six through nine. Yeah, it's a fascinating revelation of what's happening around the throne room of God. Like it's it is not some solemn, quiet um, time. It is a a very dramatic. Um, Saw, it's speaking of God's power and control, uh, His sovereignty, and those that are around Him. Even these creatures, they bow down; they are in submission, uh, and it's just a dramatic, um, wonderful um, revelation of the throne of God. You would think it is. Yes, <laughs> I, I mean that's how. I mean, even what's described, you know, it's even grander. Um, and I am noticing on my notes here, there is a reference uh, in Revelation to Isaiah 11. Um, okay. Isaiah. The perfect work and the function of the Holy Spirit. And and there's also creatures in Daniel. There are creatures in Daniel. similar. Yes. But, but, but then they, are, they die. Uh, what reference are you referring to? Um, when Daniel talks about his prophecy of the end time. I think Daniel... Oh, see, I don't know the... I shouldn't even speak, because <laughs> I do not know the Bible well, well I'd have to. I'd have to look up what <laughs> creatures died, but the, the revelation of, of Daniel also has, uh, depending on what particular part of Daniel you're referring to, has different meanings um, specific to what the text is, so... Um, but I do have to say this, so let's step back for a second without a Daniel reference. You know, the the reality of the angelic beings and the creatures that are all over, um, the, all over the universe, around the throne of God, being sent in visions and uh, dreams and revelations, just remind us of the creative power of God. Um, and the majesty of, you know, creatures are mentioned in Ezekiel. I'm looking through, um, you know, listen to this. It says in Ezekiel 1, the living creatures ran back and forth in appearance like a flash of lightning. Um, you know, there, there is a dramatic, amazing creativeness in our Father uh, in his creative power um, in the angelic realm. It's unbelievable. Fascinating. <laughs> it is fascinating. I would agree. Yes. Well, thank you so much for your time, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna look up all of those passages. Thank you. Yes, please do. God bless you. Bye bye. All right. So grateful you guys calling in from Hope FM. Please call in Truth FM. Call on the Radio by Grace Network. Uh, we would love to have you. We have open lines three zero three six nine zero three thousand. 
3,000 is the number. I've got a uh, text that just came in. Hey, Pastor Ed, my business partner and I are parting ways. Quite a shock. Tried reconciling. We're getting nowhere. Our team voted him out. Uh, have to communicate the news. It's very uncomfortable. Um, can you please pray for him in our business? Yes, I will. <clears throat> and I, I do uh, appreciate with you the challenges that come that the challenges that come from an inability to reconcile. Um, I know that as we have our eyes on the Lord, as we desire to do the right thing, as we all want to walk in the Spirit, even in the difficult things, I think um, I think of a very difficult situation in the Bible between Paul and Barnabas, uh, two men that love God, two men that came to an impasse. And two men that couldn't solve that impasse, and they parted ways and continued to serve the Lord individually in in different ways instead of together. Um, you know, super challenging. It's not we would never expect that to happen, especially among believers. And now here you are in your business, having a di- very difficult time and unable to reconcile. It's going to cause a lot of pain, and it's going to cause a lot of difficulty. And you know, we wish we could solve all the all the problems that exist surrounding us, but we can't. And so, Father, I pray uh, for uh, my friend here that uh, texts, um, sharing um, the difficulty of having to communicate the separation, having to deal with the um, parting ways, have to deal with the in- irreconcilable situation having to deal with the finances. It's one after another, after another, after another. And I just pray for your perfect will to be accomplished. I pray, God, that you would um, be with my brother, both the one that's going to hear the bad news and have to deal with the whole new thing, and also the one that's going to deliver the bad news. And for the company and the employees, all very challenging. We lay before you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, Got an open line if you want to take it. 303-690-3000. Got another text that just came through. Prayers for my sick baby to recover quickly. No one else gets sick. Father, we pray for Eleanor, for her sickness to subside, Lord, bring healing into her little body, and that no one else will get sick. You will protect them and guard them and help them, God, Help this little baby get stronger moment by moment, day by day, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We have Bible study tonight here at Calvary. You can join us online at calvaryco.church, or better yet, just download our free app uh, and turn on notifications. You can join us for services wherever you are around the world. Uh, We start at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And of course, you guys here locally, you should come to church. We'd love to have you. Uh, Wednesdays are a sweet time. Um, we have different forms of worship with different worship leaders, which is always sweet. Um, you know, we love Pastor Ian, but we also love our team. Uh, so it's different worship. It's a little shorter because we pray together, and then we study the Bible together. We're studying the book of Genesis, and it's a fascinating study of our origins, where we came from. The only way to know where we're going is to know where we came from, and 
then uh, we have times for fellowship and encouragement. You know, in a larger church, these smaller gatherings are so important. And I want to invite you out tonight, 7 p.m., you guys in the metro area, you guys that call Calvary your home, rearrange things so that you might press into the things of God. Not only will you be missing out, but if you are not here, we'll be missing out. And I know, I know, it's difficult with the kids. Uh, I know, but you're also teaching them the investment. Even if you came once a month or twice a month, you're teaching them that it, the, the, the things of the Lord come first in our home. And it's just a little way to, because we're going to go worship together. We're going to learn about Jesus together, uh, more than just a Sunday experience. So come on out. 303-690-3000 is the number. Okay, let's head over to Idaho, Burley, Idaho. Bonnie, welcome to the program. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I I have a question about uh, chapter five of Matthew. Okay. I've been reading through, and I, I'm I, Matthew five nineteen, uh, basically verse nineteen. But I mean, if you want to keep it in the whole, because it's a full teaching from Jesus about the fulfilling of the law. Yes. But he says, so whoever sets aside one of the least of these <clears throat> commandments in verse 19, and teaches others to do the same, will be called least in the kingdom from heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom from heaven. Yes. And my uh, question is, um, this: these verses about this, um, them, what they're teaching, they're setting aside this whatever, the least of the commandments. In other words, they're like, not make, giving it authority, not maybe following it, maybe teaching others to do the same. This is my idea of what it's trying to tell me. And then um, they're going to be called least. That's a name that they're going to be given in the kingdom. And this kingdom from heaven, from when I looked it up in the inner litter, in our litter, uh-huh. you know, yes. word, it says that that's the time of the rule of Christ rather yes. than the ultimate kingdom. Yes. So when he reigns on earth. So, and then it's also the ones who teach and they're going to be called great. So Mm -hmm. it seems like, you know, different amount of ruling or different amount of level. Yes. For these people. And then I'm wondering if it relates to the verses from the um, Bible teaching on the talents. Yes. Where the man who keeps the ten talents and gains ten more, he's given ten cities to rule over yes. mm-hmm. during the reign of Christ. Is this the same idea? It is. Yes. It um, is. Oh as, wow! As hard as okay. it is to as hard as it is to receive, there are definitely going to be um, uh, the best way I could describe it is different levels of enjoyment, which is hard to fathom, isn't it? Because to be in the presence of the Lord is enough for us, but God even has more. There is a direct relationship biblically. While we don't know exactly what it is or how it'll be experienced, there is a direct relationship between our life now and our right. eternal existence. Um, yes. You know, I think of I think of Matthew sixteen twenty seven. Um, that will, he will repay each one according to what he has done. Um, I think of of James chapter 1, verse 12, where it talks about receiving the crown of life. As a matter of fact, there's five different crowns that are 
are spoken of in the scriptures, the imperishable crown in 1 Corinthians 9, the crown of righteousness in 2 Timothy, the crown of rejoicing in 1 Thessalonians, the crown of glory uh, 1 Peter 5. There's the Bema seat judgment where our works will be tried by fire uh, and some will last and some will, you know, come out like gold, um, gold, uh, silver, and precious stones. Um, and, and so there are rewards in heaven. There are crowns to receive in heaven to also enjoy in the millennial reign. Um, but it is hard to conceive, right? Because we're all going to be in the presence of the Lord. Isn't that enough? And God says, no, I have more. Isn't that great? Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back. Uh, The time caught up with us in the middle. I heard the music, but then it just, boom, I heard it and I didn't time it correctly. I am sorry. 303-690-3000 is the number. And just say hey to everyone in Burley, Idaho. What a privilege to be on the air there. God is doing great things in Idaho. And uh, man, what a blessing that God would allow us to serve him. And then on top of that, on top of all the blessing, knowing him, our sins are forgiven, the joy of being able to share with others, the joy of being used by him. And then on top of all that, we get to experience rewards. So good. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's head over to New Mexico. Logan is in Clovis, New Mexico. Hey, Logan, welcome to the program. Yes, sir. Hello. Hello. Um, my question is about translations. Okay. Like, I have a new King James, but... I have the U version Bible app. Yes. But I don't and I know this is a weird question, but I was yeah, have you ever heard of through the Bible? Uh who's the teacher? J. Vernon McGee. I am. I am familiar with J. Vernon McGee. Oh, okay. And he was saying how he only trusts the King James version. Yes. Only. And like so how do you know if the the new translations that we have today are accurate according to the New King James Version. Yeah, I think that, first of all, the you have two main sets of manuscripts that they have found that help to determine the accuracy of the English translation we hold in our hands. And J. Vernon McGee came from a time in Christianity where the new, the old King James was one of the only literal translations available, and therefore a lot of people they developed their um, pastor Chuck Smith and my pastor Jeff Johnson from my, the Calvary Chapel I came from. They share that same conviction uh, that the King James version is the most accurate, uh, and they use it probably more so because they're used to it. Um, but the problem with the the old King James version is that the words that were used to translate the Greek and the Hebrew 
were translated in a, in a period of time where English language has changed. And because the English language has changed, you find some more modern translations that also attempt to be very literal to the actual um, manuscripts. So the New King James is a reliable representation of the manuscripts that we have. And the reason I like personally the New King James is it takes, there is a debate on which are the more accurate manuscripts, you know, for those that are in textual criticism and those that live their life in that, there is some debate. Um, the, the, the basic premise is the older the manuscript, the more reliable it is. And that's really one of the big debates. Um, but in the in in the debates, there are some things missing. There are some words missing. Some of the sections of the scripture. So people spend their whole life um, talking about what you and I are talking about. And the there are some literal translations, word for word, that are reliable, which would include the King James version, the ESV version, the New King James version, um, the New American Standard version. Those are all word-for-word translations, and they are um, absolutely reliable on their face. Um, the reason I like the reason I like the New King James is because they actually footnote both manuscripts. So when there's a variance, um, then in the variance you're able to um, see what the little differences were between the two, and they put them both there together. Now, of course, the New King James relies on the Textus Receptus and references the newer manuscript or the older manuscripts, whereas the New American Standard, the ESV, uses a different set. Um, but if a person says, I'm going to rely on the New uh, King James Bible, it's okay. You can. It's a good translation. You can use it. It's just many of the words and the sentence structure is antiquated and can be very hard to understand in our English today. Right. What about the Amplified and the Living Translation and the, uh, what's the other one that I like? The Message. Yeah. It kind of like just talks straight to you like, I can understand that. Yeah. So so they're, they're in a different category. So you have to understand them in the category that they're in. Um, so the Message and the Living Bible, this is the old Living Bible, um, they're in a category known as a paraphrase. And a paraphrase is not an exact word-for-word translation, and therefore it's not a reliable source for Bible doctrine. It might be fun to read, it might be encouraging to read, um, but the message is is actually one man's paraphrase. Uh, he was a godly pastor, Eugene Peterson, but he never intended to write a Bible. Uh, he was just translating, I think he started with the Psalms, trying to make the Psalms more relatable for devotional reading, and then some publish, his publisher saw it and said, oh, you got to do the whole Bible. And so he did, and so the message is not a reliable translation at all. It's a paraphrase, and it should be read as such. And the Living Bible, and this was the old Living Bible, and I think it is on the Version app, was, I think his name was Taylor, I forget his first name. Um, he wrote a paraphrase for his grandkids, and it is that. It is a paraphrase. It means it's a man's interpretation of the text to make it easier to read, and you just got to read it that way. Now, 
The New Living Translation is H is a literal translation. It's just a little bit looser, uh, as is the NIV. Um, again, the NIV is the New International Version. They translated it more thought for thought, not word for word. And we just have to take that into account when we're reading it. So when I read the message or I refer to the message, I always like to make sure when I'm teaching that I'll teach the literal, what, what it says literally. Um, but then, and then I'll say something like, yeah, but the, I really like how the message says it, but the message is always secondary to the literal translation that we use to study and get our doctrine from. Well, that helps. I know you're supposed to go by the spirit, right? Like overall, like what, <clears throat> like when you're reading the Bible, the Bible, which is. For me, it's the New King James because I can yes. understand it. Yeah, that's what I use. The dowels and the thou arts and all that stuff is hard to comprehend. But yeah, I um, think that we are to rely upon the Spirit, but the Spirit is only going to in and reveal to us the truth through the Word, and and so having a reliable translation like you do, the New King James, you will, um, you will be able to, um, use his word to dictate the rest of your life. Gotcha. Isn't that cool? Yes, sir. <laughs> um, one, one, I don't, I don't, go ahead. I would just say one of the things I like to do with just to, to add to the discussion is I like to read the Bible in like the New Living Translation uh, or even the message. Um, I've tried to do the message. It's The message is hard for me um, to read regularly because... It, it is, he really does, kind of like the Amplified. Another thing, I didn't mention your question on the Amplified. The Amplified is not a reliable translation. It is a an attempt to broaden the wor- words that could be used as in a translation. So it's not, it, they, it's not always accurate word because English words, synonyms don't always mean the same thing. They, they can generally mean the same thing at times, um, like big and huge, right? Those two words can be synonyms, but they also can mean two very different things. And the Amplified relies on that kind of logic when it expands on the verses. Um, and so, you know, just reading them and referring to them and allowing them to stretch your mind and to see something from a different light is good, but stick for, to the word-for-word translations. Thank you. Well, I listen to the show all the time, and I appreciate your time. Well, God bless you guys in Clovis. Where is Clovis exactly? It's right on the border of Texas and New Mexico. Ah, right on. Well, what a blessing to be able to talk to you in Clovis, New Mexico. I listen on the app, but... And I on the app. Great, great. <laughs> right on, bro. God bless you. I think we have Grace FM as well. Oh, good. 88.1. Oh, right on. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bless you, man. Bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Back to Brighton, Colorado. Johnny, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. You're My on. Question. Go ahead. My question is, why did God choose a lion from all the other animals he chose like people say he's coming down from the clouds 
when it's the end, uh, they say that he's coming down from the clouds roaring like a lion. Yeah, I know. Isn't that amazing? What a great picture. Have you ever seen a lion before? Yeah, but my question is why did why are they saying a lion? Well, because the, there's a, there's a few answers to that. First of all, how old are you? I'm eight years old. Eight years old. What a neat thing that you have such a great question. I just commend you for having such a great Bible question. So Jesus in Revelation chapter 5 is that long-awaited lion of the tribe of Judah. And so the lion was a symbol of Judah all the way back in Genesis. And in Genesis, Jacob actually uh, blesses his son named Judah, and he refers to him and his future tribe as a lion's club and a lion. And so now if you go all the way to the end like you did and you say, well, why is he a lion? Well, part of that reason is to fulfill prophecy. So Jesus comes as the lion of the tribe of Judah, the kingly tribe, right? Because based on the blessing of Jacob, the lion being the symbol of the tribe of Judah, they now are the kingly tribe. And we know sometimes lions are referred to as what of the jungle? Have you ever heard a lion be referred to as blank of the jungle? A king? Yes, you're right. As the king of the jungle, because that symbolism carries on that they have a very, um, what's the word I want to use? I don't want to say priestly, like a very powerful presence. Um, but Jesus, he's used as a lion in his in his return because he's fulfilling prophecy because he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. That's cool. Well, let me give you something else. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, so lion, this is going to this might surprise you, but did you know that the devil is also described as a lion? Have you ever heard that before? No. Okay, I'm going to read the Bible to you, okay? You ready? Yeah. I'll say, so Peter, one of the fishermen that Jesus said, come and hang out with me and be my disciple, Peter later in his life, he writes a letter, and he Peter says this, he's telling you, eight-year-old, uh, Johnny, right? Did I get Johnny right? Yeah. Okay, so eight-year-old Johnny and much older Ed Taylor, he's telling us this. You ready? He says, be sober. And be vigilant, because your adversary or your enemy, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. And so here you have the picture of the devil. God uses a lion to describe how the devil likes to walk around, roaring, intimidating, uh, wanting to hurt you, and just looking for someone to to hurt. But with your question, as a pastor, I always like to point out that even though the devil's described like a lion, he's not the same as Jesus. He's not majestic and powerful and large and fulfilling prophecy. No, he's more like a lion with his teeth, like a toothless lion, you know, he's dangerous and he can hurt you, 
but the line of the tribe of Judah is going to come and destroy the devil. And even though he's yelling like a lion, he's nothing compared to the lion of the tribe of Judah. Whoa, that's cool to understand about the Bible. Well, I'm so glad you called, Johnny. Tell your mom and dad I'm proud of you, and I'm proud of them for telling you about the truths of Jesus. My dad actually asked me if I had a question. Yes? I said, yeah. Well, you know what? Your dad did a great thing, and I'm glad that you called because I think it's a real encouragement to any of the parents listening and even some of the kiddos that are listening that the Bible, even though it has a lot of things that are hard to understand, a lot of things are easy to understand that even an eight-year-old like you can understand the Bible. Isn't that cool? Yeah. All right, Johnny. God bless you, my buddy. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Here's a great text. It says, when you're sharing the word... Can you paraphrase? The book of Galatians warns of misrepresenting words. Well, let's look at what Galatians says in Galatians chapter 1 and read it. It says, as we've said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. So the admonition here in Galatians is not against paraphrasing but rather misrepresenting. So if your paraphrase misrepresents the text, then yeah, that would not be appropriate. You don't want to mess with the gospel. I I picked this up from Pastor Greg Laurie, but I think he got it from D.L. Moody or someone, because I saw it in a previous um, thing, but I got it originally from Greg Laurie when he says, the message never changes, but the methodology does change. And so the message can't change, but paraphrasing is the idea of making something easier to understand, not to misrepresent. So misrepresenting, adding to the text, making it say something that it doesn't is absolutely forbidden. I agree with you. But for the sake of, I don't remember what the text says, sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll do that when I'm teaching where I just don't remember and I'm sharing it the way I memorized it, but I missed a word. I don't think I'm misrepresenting God, but many times I'll catch myself and I'm like, you know what? Let's just read it. Let's just read it. And really, unless we knew the Greek or the Hebrew, which some people do, they've studied their whole lives, they can read the Hebrew and the Greek text. I think of my friend, uh, Gino Geraci, he can read to you from the Greek Bible. He's a genius, by the way. Um, he he can read from the Greek text. Uh, and even the Greek text then is only from the manuscript because we don't have the original autographs. But no, paraphrasing would not be sinful unless you are paraphrasing to misrepresent the truth. And then that would absolutely be forbidden. So yeah, great question. Got open lines, 303-690-3000 is the number, 303-690-3000. I just want to speak to you parents for a second. We were talking with a brother and his wife uh, earlier today about children's ministry, about ministering to the kids, about, about discipling the kids, about helping the parents I can't emphasize this enough, okay? <clears throat> Sunday school is not enough for your kids. The hour, hour and a half they spend learning the Bible at your church service is not enough. Can I say that again? It is not enough. We are only support 
and partners with you in the discipleship of your children. You are the primary. You will be responsible for your children and what you have taught them and what you have not taught them. And it's important that you take it to heart. Even back in Deuteronomy, it says these words. This is Deuteronomy 6.6. These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Parents, please. This could be just a direct word from the Lord right now. Please take the responsibility that God has given you seriously and disciple your kids. Help them understand the Bible. Do family devotions. Pray together. Get a book like Haley's Bible Handbook and just go through the... Haley's Bible Handbook is a simple, simple explanation of every chapter in the Bible. And recently I was walking into church uh, early and there was a young girl sitting in the atrium area of our church reading her Bible. And, you know, I'm coming to church, I'm getting ready to teach, I've got places to go. Um, and I'm going to greet people and say hi, but this, when I see a kid reading their Bible instead of being on their phone, I stopped. I stopped, I sat down, I met her, come to find out she's a daughter of someone that's been coming to our church for a long, long time, and um, it was a great experience, great interaction. She was in the book of Deuteronomy, actually, and, and I felt in the very moment compelled to give her a gift. And the gift that I gave her was not a co- cup of coffee at the Res Cafe. It wasn't um, candy that I have on my desk. I, I gave her a copy of Haley's Bible Handbook because if a kid, I think she was 12 or 13, if a, if a young person, and I forgive me for using the word kid, is committed to the Word of God at that age, I want to do everything that I can to help them. I want them to grow in God's grace. I was so proud of her that she wasn't on her phone playing Angry Birds or scrolling through Instagram. She was reading the Bible. And I, and I, I, just, I just want to encourage you. Parents, please reward your kids. Bless your kids. Serve your kids. I remember, um, I remember a, a, a teacher in my son's life. His, his name is Bear. He was, in, he was Eddie's teacher. And just God used Bear in such a... A uh, beautiful way in my son's life, exactly who my son needed. He was a Sunday school teacher, and he was also his teacher uh, at the school. He taught at the Christian school, and he was also a Sunday school teacher at our church. And and Bear used to do sword sword drills, uh, and I still have the book. I have the book in my office at home uh, that my son used. Uh, one of the um, one of the memories that I have of my son, I, I didn't get to have his Bible. I didn't get to have anything from his life, uh, from his married life. But I got that sword drill because I had it before he left. And I'm so glad he didn't ask for it because everything he took with him, we don't get back. Uh, and and so I, I have his sword drills. And I remember Bear, um, I remember Bear used them and he used to bribe the kids <laughs> to do their sword drills. Uh, he used to give him money and candy, and and my son benefited from that, learning how to look up scriptures and stuff. And 
And um, I remember I was so upset um, back then as a new dad. I'm like, you know, you can't bribe my kid. Don't bribe my son to read the Bible. He should read it because he wants to. Uh, and and Bear said something. I don't remember exact quote. He's in heaven now. Bear is with my son, by the way. I mean, uh, you know, really cool memory to think about this. And um, I remember Bear telling me, he said, um, he said, Ed, but I, I don't know if your son wants to read the Bible yet. And so I'm going to bribe him. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get my son, get your son in the Bible. If it's a dollar or it's a candy, it doesn't matter. And I remember his whole summary was, he, he looked me in the eye, because he's a much older man than me, just a big, big, burly, soft teddy bear of a man. Uh, and and he told me, you know, I'm, uh, he, his summary was this, and I love him for it. He says, Ed, it's okay to bribe your kids to be in the Bible. And I've taken that with me. Uh, it's okay. Maybe you don't call it a bribe. Maybe you call it a reward. Maybe you call it an incentive. You call it whatever you want, but it's okay to bless your kids to get them in the word. All right. And it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to take them to dinner for a memory verse. Uh, I have these kids come up after service and share their memory verses. I love it. Share your memory verse with me. Let's talk. And, and, you know, uh, if they miss a word here and there, it's okay. It's okay. They don't have to get it perfect. They can keep practicing. Uh, and, and so it's okay, parents get involved in your kids' lives, please. I beg you. And if you're a Sunday school teacher incentivize those kids to get into the word, um, help them to, to, to create a love of God in their lives. Uh, it's worth it. It's worth your time and attention. And we, as a church, we're committed to help you. We're committed to come alongside of you. If, as a matter of fact, if you need to learn how to lead your kid to the Lord, on our website, calvaryco.church, we have a kid's coloring page that my, Pastor Micah developed here. It's, we call it the Kids Romans Road. And you can lead your own child. I know it's intimidating. I know it's hard, but it's not. We have tools available. Just email me. I'll send you the link. We have a whole children's ministry page of equipping tools for you that you can use with your kids. And we're just praying about the future here of how we can be better support to the parents and navigate in a very hostile culture, a culture that is anti-God and anti-Christ, just like the, um, just like the, um, the Bible said it would be. And um, so let us help you but also do it. And, and you know, maybe it's a sword drill. Maybe we'll bring back sword drills here where you just go through and you look up a scripture as fast as you can. That's what it was. And so we got our kid a big boy Bible at a young age, and we taught him how to read the Bible in a big boy. And we, he learned English by reading the Bible. I mean, not, not that he didn't know English, but he learned how to read, I should say. <laughs> and uh, one of the things we used to do too with our kids is, um, if they were going to play video games, um, they had to read uh, their Bibles as long as they wanted to play video games. <laughs> and and I do know <laughs> they're still a little upset with me about it. Uh, and maybe I went a little overboard uh, to some degree, but I am grateful they got to play video games and they read their Bible, even if they only read their Bible because they had to. Um, 
Same thing when they went all to Bible college. Um, same thing they did when they went to Bible college. You know, in Bible college, they all had to listen to Pastor Chuck from Genesis to Revelation. But then my oldest son, Eddie, uh, he learned how to fast forward um, or read it in two times speed. And then they started giving them to him. And then they would just get through their Chuck tracks. And I used to tell him, don't, don't, don't just do it because you have to do it. Let Pastor Chuck teach you. And, and they did a lot. Even if they did it because they had to do it, it's okay. The Lord has uh, equipped them through the study of God's word, and they went through the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation with Pastor Chuck. It's just unbelievable what we have been able to be a part of, uh, and you guys can too. I know it's hard. I know there's all kinds of gender issues. I know there are issues in the public school system. I know, I know it feels like the odds are against you, but they're not. Because as we read with the staff today, I was just reminding our team today, reminding myself as well, that it says that you, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That is your gift as a believer. That is your gift as a mom, as a dad, a single mom, a single dad. Even if there's a divorce, you can put on the whole armor of God. You can stand against the evil of this day. You can take that energy and effort and pour into your children. You can love them. I think of some of the parents here that have prodigal kids and challenges and and just watching them love and patiently wait and serve. Listen, God before you, who can be against you? Come on out for service tonight. Appreciate me sharing those memories. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.